It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Irrelevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. And hi again, everyone. I'm Chuck Neff. Thank you for joining us on The Inner Life. Hope you had a great weekend. Thanks for taking time to join us on uh, Relevant Radio and uh, on The Inner Life today. Today it's the Feast of St. Matthew, and you know the story, this wealthy, greedy, worldly tax collector. Here's the voice of our Lord Jesus to follow him, and from that moment on, his life is changed forever. He dropped everything to heed the invitation to follow Jesus. When have you, like St. Matthew, heard the voice of Jesus to follow him? Well, we're going to talk about that today, here to help us on the journey. Back with us once again, one of our regular contributors, Father Jim Kabicki. Father Jim is a Jesuit priest and director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in western South Dakota. You can hear his prayer reflections throughout the day all across the relevant radio network. Father Jim Kabicki, welcome back. How are you doing today? Well, thank you, Chuck. I'm doing pretty well today. I'm glad to be on the show with you, especially on this Feast of St. Matthew. Um, you know, it was on this feast day back in 19, I believe, 53, 54, that Pope Francis went to confession and had such a profound experience of God's mercy that he had, basically that's when he received his vo- vocation, that he he would be uh, become a priest. And uh, he wanted to share that experience of mercy with others. So it's it's a kind of a nice, important feast day for all of us. Um, to remember God's mercy as it came to St. Matthew, who wrote that wonderful gospel, and as God's mercy comes to us. And we're going to talk about that today. And as we do every day, we'll open up our phone lines, inviting all of you and our listening audience to join us on the program. Uh, St. Matthew, what does he mean to you? And and, um, maybe there was a St. Matthew moment in your journey of faith. We'd love to hear about that as well. Uh, But we'll get the phone lines open here in just a moment. Uh, But Father Jim Kabicki, uh, get us started. And maybe the first question, St. Matthew, who was he? Well, he was uh, a member of the Jewish race and religion, and he became a tax collector, basically cooperating with the hated Roman uh, oppressors in Israel at the time of Jesus. And as a result, he was he was known as a public sinner. Uh, if you were involved with with money in that way and cooperating with this foreign government, then you were considered a public sinner. You were going against the law of God. And so he, um, the story that we get in Matthew's gospel, it's Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. It begins, uh, apparently he was there at the customs post, it's called, collecting taxes. And Jesus comes up to him and says, follow me. And he gets up immediately and follows Jesus. Well, we have to wonder how, what was it about Jesus that he decided to follow him immediately? And I have to think, you know, as I imagine this, and, you know, St. Ignatius Loyola, the founder of the Jesuits, invites us to try to imagine, you know, what was going on there and to imagine the scene. We have to imagine that 
Matthew had some familiarity with Jesus. He must have heard of him, his reputation at least, or maybe he had listened to him. But in that moment, this this holy teacher, this uh, great prophet and rabbi comes up to St. Matthew and says, follow me. It must have been a, 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 an earth-shattering experience for Matthew, who who maybe you know thought of himself as completely rejected by the people, by the religious authorities. And here's this rabbi coming up to him saying, "I want you to follow me. I want you to be part of my company." And you know maybe uh, Matthew had been thinking about leaving the dirty work that he was doing and. And this moment of encounter with Jesus, where he felt respected and accepted enough that Jesus would say, follow me, led to this immediate kind of conversion where he said, okay, enough of this life. I want something new. I'm going to follow this man who, uh, for the first time in my life, has shown me respect and love, even in the midst of my sinfulness. And I, I, that's the way I kind of imagine how that scene played out. Father Jim Kabicki, our spiritual director on this Feast of St. Matthew, let's open up our phone lines. Sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters Life Insurance, it's a toll-free phone number if you would like to. Join us on the program today, 888-914-9149. Don't forget you can email us as well, innerlife at relevantradio.com. But um, on this Feast of St. Matthew and hearing the call of the Lord and following him, when have you realized that the Lord was calling you to something more in your journey of faith. How did you respond, and did it make a difference in your life? I suspect it did. Maybe you have a favorite scripture from the Gospel of Matthew. We'd uh, love to hear about that as well. Again, toll-free if you'd like to join us and be part of the program, 888-914-9149. So, Father Jim, I'm always taken with this um, with this Gospel and certainly this story and following him immediately, because I think if I'm going to be honest about this, and um, and the Lord were calling me like that, I just might say, you know, I got a lot going on here. Can you give me maybe a day mm-hmm. or two to think about this? But it was immediate, mm-hmm. wasn't it? <laughs> it was. It was. And that's why I think, you know, the, the context is so important. We don't have the context for this encounter. But I, I again, we have to imagine that Matthew had some familiarity with this person. Um, who was famous, and and to have this famous person say to him, to say to us, follow me, um, must have you know been what kind of pushed him over the edge, as it were, to say, okay, it's time, it's time to move on. So I, as I said before, I imagine that um, Saint Matthew had been thinking about this, that he was wondering, you know. I'm tired of of living this life that I'm living now. I'm tired of cooperating with uh, with the Romans. I, I there's got to be something more in my life, uh, something better for me. And at that moment, when Jesus shows him that love and acceptance and respect and invites him to follow him, that that was what really pushed Matthew, I think, over the edge to say, "Okay, enough of this." Um, as as you said, Chuck, you know we might be thinking, okay, give me give me a few days more to to think about this. And uh, I think Matthew must have had some time before this encounter to to think about it. And this was the moment that led him, kind of an aha moment, to say, aha, I there is a possibility, there is a future for me different from this one. I'm gonna 
I'm going to choose that path, even though it means leaving what what feels secure, what feels um, is paying the bills. You know, even though I have that, I think uh, there's got to be something more. Yeah, that, and to your point, Father Jim, in terms of uh, talking about um, Matthew may have been tired, uh, realizing there may be a maybe something more in his life and for his life. And I just wonder today how many of us are tired. How many of us are saying there has to be something more? And the answer to all of that, um, and to Matthew's point and his immediate decision to follow Jesus, Jesus is really the way. He tells us that he really is the way for us, isn't he? That's right. And, you know, because he is the, he is the Son of God, but he's also perfectly 100% human. And so he is uh, the God showing us, revealing to us, not only himself, God revealing himself to us, but also revealing to us what it means to be human, how, how human beings were intended to live their lives, um, you know, in solidarity with one another, with compassion for one another, loving one another. And uh, Jesus put that message of the Father into action when he reached out to Matthew. Um, you know, because in the scene that we get in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9, the Pharisees are there, and they immediately criticize Jesus. And they say to the disciples, the other disciples of Jesus, you know, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? And then Jesus says, look, it's people who are sick that need a physician. And so I have come to call those who are sick at heart, sick in kind of a soul sickness, who are sick and tired of being sick and tired. I have come to be the way that will show them a better life. And um, it doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. As we know from Matthew's life, tradition has it, he eventually suffered martyrdom. And um, But um, he found fulfillment in following the way of Jesus into eternal life. And so we honor him as a saint today. We are talking today about St. Matthew on this uh, Feast of St. Matthew and following him. When have you realized uh, that the Lord might be calling you to something more in your journey of faith? How did you respond? Toll-free phone number if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. Father Jim Kabicki, our spiritual director, again, toll-free, 888-914-9149 if you'd like to join us. On the program, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This is today's Gospel reading from the New American Bible. Matthew, chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the customs post. He said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed him. While he was at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat with Jesus and his disciples. The Pharisees saw this and said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? He heard this and said, Those who are well do not need a physician, but the sick do. Go and learn the meaning of the words. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. 
You can find all the daily readings at relevantradio.com slash gospel or tap the prayer tab on the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life spiritual directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Just a reminder that our Relevant Radio toll-free studio line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters Life Insurance. More information about employment opportunities to become one of their insurance agents. Information also about their flexible premium life insurance plans, all available at relevantradio.com slash Forrester, thanks for joining us on the program. If you're just tuning in, Father Jim Kabicki is our spiritual director. Father Jim, one of our regular contributors, a Jesuit priest, director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in western South Dakota. You can hear his prayer reflections uh, throughout the day all across the relevant radio network. Father Jim is also the author of A Heart on Fire and A Year of Daily Offerings. He is a popular conference speaker, retreat director, and parish mission speaker. This is the uh, Feast of St. Matthew. We are talking about uh, the call to follow uh, the Lord Jesus. Uh, St. Matthew did that immediately. Phone lines are open if you would like to join us. So what's your story in terms of uh, hearing the call of the Lord and following him? When have you realized that the Lord was calling you to something more in your journey of faith? The question then is, how did you respond? And maybe you have a favorite scripture from the Gospel of Matthew. We'd love to hear about that as well. But again, toll free if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. So Father Jim Kabicki, as we talk about uh, St. Matthew, um, I'm sure you did, but uh, your St. Matthew moment, when did you hear the voice of the Lord and really, really begin to realize he was calling you uh, to something beyond maybe what you imagined? Well, that's that's a great question for 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 me, for all of us, Chuck. Um, you know, um, my my moment it would not be quite as dramatic, and uh, maybe one could say it, it happened over the course of of two weeks. Um, I was a junior in high school. Um, and, um, high school was, was kind of a tough time for me. I came from a part of town that, uh, very few of, of my peers came from. And so I always felt kind of, um, oh, maybe not quite up to, to speed as the others were. Um, and, uh, I did well in my, in my, uh, grades and in, in my courses, but in junior year, I took chemistry and trigonometry. And to be honest, Chuck, I'm not really very good or interested in math and science. And and as a result, my grades went down. And as my grades went down, my self-image, my sense of myself went down. And and then, you know, I had just gotten my license to drive. And and so there were the, the kind of adolescent battles with my parents over using the car and how late I could stay out. And um, all these various things were, were really weighing on me. And I was really down. That was a tough time. And into my life walked a Jesuit priest who um, every summer would lead a group of six juniors about to become seniors on a two-week camping trip around Lake Superior. 
And so he invited me to be part of this group. And it, it was a, like a St. Matthew moment in the sense that, you know, I was uh, invited. I was asked to be part of something big. And, uh, I, you know, I was probably thinking, well, wh why me? Uh, who am I? I'm not I don't know these other guys except for one of them. Um, and um, to be invited was the beginning, because then on that trip, um, we just had such a great experience of the beauty of, of God's creation and uh, celebrating the Holy Eucharist as the sun was setting over Lake Superior and out in the, in the wilderness um, and the sense of camaraderie and community that developed among us. Um, so the prayer, the community, uh, the sense of God's creation and its beauty, all of that planted a seed over that two-week period. And I began thinking, I would like to do for other young men what that Jesuit priest had done for me. Maybe I should become a Jesuit priest myself and work in an urban Jesuit high school like the one I went to. Well, what's funny about this story, though, Chuck, is I entered the Jesuits with that in mind at the age of 19. And in my almost 50 years as a Jesuit, since the day I entered the novitiate, in those almost 50 years, I've never worked in an urban college prep <laughs> Jesuit high school like I thought I would be doing. Uh, but I, I have to look back and say God's plans were, were better than anything I could have planned. So that was, I, I think, you know, it's it's an example of how God's grace often comes to us during those difficult moments in our lives, and and it offers us an opportunity to uh, to do something different that will change our lives forever. Yeah, it's so interesting, Father Jim, as you tell the story that that when we say yes to the Lord, we have our plans for saying yes. But it's really, in most cases, as in your case, certainly mine as well, it's not what the Lord really has in mind, is it? No, no. And, and that's where I think, you know, um, he, in a sense, kind of woos us um, and, uh, and invites us. I mean, if... At the age of 19, I had known I would have had to face all the challenges I would have had to face as a Jesuit and as a priest. I would have been too afraid uh, to say yes to the Lord. But all he said, you know, he just invited me at that moment. And um, and it was with the promise, I guess, I will be with you through thick and through thin. And um, th I think it's, it's a good reminder to us that uh, when we worry or or look at the future with fear or anxiety. Um, we're borrowing tomorrow's potential troubles and trying to cram them into this one day that has enough to deal with. And so it, what's important is to, to take it one day at a time and trust that the Lord will be there um, as, as we move forward one day at a time. Yeah, and then Father Jim, did this become a very personal thing to you? I know for me, as I've been thinking a lot lately about just my journey, one into the church and just even ending up in radio, for heaven's sakes, that, that back to the, that original understanding of Jesus in my life, the whole thing became very personal. It was like it was the Lord and me and nobody else. Did, did you kind of experience that as well, that, that your call into the priesthood was just so very intimate and so very personal? 
Yeah, I, I would say that it had to be that way because, you know, to choose a vocation like that, it, it can't just be, um, well, I'm going to do this to please other people or for, for these other motives or reasons. Um, it was um, a personal call. I wanted to help other people. And uh, in, the, in the course of then my Jesuit formation and and uh, the seminary, um, I, I grew in that more personal relationship with him that, you know, continued to confirm the call as time went on. Well, and then confirm the call. And even when, as you pointed out earlier, following the Lord is not always easy. But but confirming the call, recognizing that some of this may not be easy, but it's still the invitation. It's still that call for you to say yes. Mm -hmm. That's right. And, you know, and it was confirmed. I, I remember times in my first experience, you know, of teaching. Uh, I always joke uh, that I stepped into a classroom of, of high school students on the neighboring Indian reservation, the Pine Ridge Reservation, which was a boarding school at the time. And uh, the day that I began teaching was on the beheading of John the Baptist. Mm. <laughs> so I thought that, that was, was kind of prophetic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Father Jim Kabicki, our spiritual director, talking about saying yes to the Lord. When did you answer the call? Toll free if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Day 14, Mother Most Admirable, pray for us. And what was the most admirable act of Our Lady? Hard to say, really. There were so many. For example, giving an unconditional yes to God's plans at the Annunciation. Or visiting her cousin Elizabeth on her own initiative, walking 100 miles to get there and then doing chores around her house for three months as if she had nothing better to do. Or not uttering a word of complaint on the way to Bethlehem, nine months pregnant, and sitting on a donkey as she reassured St. Joseph, don't worry, everything will be fine. Or pushing her way through the crowd to comfort her son as he carried his cross. Or standing at the foot of the cross and telling the whole world, he's my son and I love him. Admirable, most admirable, mater admirabilis. Mother most admirable, pray for our church and our nation. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Chuck Naff, along with our producer, uh, Nick Schmitz, uh, who's answering your phone calls today. Jim Schaefer sitting in the producer's seat. Father Jim Kabicki, our spiritual director. Father Jim, a Jesuit priest, director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in western South Dakota. You can hear his prayer reflections uh, throughout the day all across the relevant radio network. And by the way, more information on the many, many good works uh, at the St. Francis Mission. Uh, Father, I invite you 
to visit Father Jim's website, uh, SF, as in St. Francis, sfmission.org. And also like to mention that Father Jim is the author of A Heart on Fire, A Year of Daily Offerings, a popular conference speaker, retreat director, parish mission speaker. And when he's not doing that, every once in a while, he will find time to join us here on The Inner Life, one of our regular contributors. From the beginning, always a pleasure to have Father Jim Kabicki on the program. And uh, just real quick here in a rumor today that this might be Nick Schmidt's birthday. And um, happy birthday to Nick. Uh, he's our producer and Jim Shaper uh, sitting in uh, for him as well. So, Nick, uh, happy birthday to you, buddy. Thanks, Chuck. I didn't know. Okay, I didn't know if you'd get on or not. But. Yes, yep. Getting Jim squared away with uh, the, the correct buttons for the mic I'm sitting at. Okay. <laughs> thank thank right. you, well, Chuck. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, you're welcome. And just uh, thank you for all the good work you do behind the scenes. So much goes on behind the scenes. You know, I sit here with good priests like Father Jim Kabir here every day, and we're kind of the voices in front of you. But so many people working behind the scenes in the studio just to make sure we get uh, the signal right and uh, out to all of you in our listening audience. Uh, Nick Schmitz is um, one of those people, Jim Shaper, too, certainly on the inner life. So happy birthday, Nick. And uh, just a reminder. I don't know if you want to hear this or not. 95 days until Christmas. I know it's not even Halloween yet, but um, we are not ignoring Halloween or All Saints Day. We want you to have a wonderful Thanksgiving. But we also want you to know we're giving away 200 nativity sets to 200 lucky listeners. And we want to make sure you have yours in plenty of time to display it outside your home all through the, the Advent and Christmas seasons. So here's how you win. You enter uh, to win this nativity, nativity set, by the way, which is valued at $500. All you have to do is go to the website, relevantradio.com slash nativity, and register before October 2nd. A great way to say Merry Christmas to your entire neighborhood with your own beautiful hand-painted nativity set in front of your home. Together, uh, we can impact our communities this Advent, making room for Christ inside our hearts and outside our homes. So sign up right now to win. Uh, 200 of you will be winners of this uh, nativity set valued at $500. All you have to do, go to the website relevantradio.com slash nativity and sign up. Father Jim Kabicki talking about uh, St. Matthew on this Feast of St. Matthew. Phone lines are open, by the way, if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. Our email address, com. By the way, uh, we're inviting you in our listening audience to tell us your story. When have you realized the Lord was calling you, as uh, he did to St. Matthew, to follow him to something more in your journey of faith? How did you respond, and did it make a difference in your life, I suspect? Suspected did. But again, toll free if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. So, Father Jim Kabicki, back to you. Let's get Chuck out of the way here. Uh, do I, should I presume, should all of us presume that in some way we all have a St. Matthew moment? No, I I would say no. Um, you know, really? it, for each person, it's different. We we each uh, have a, a unique relationship. We're unique persons, and God deals with us in different ways. It's common for people to have that kind of experience I had. It wasn't, you know, an immediate moment. It was, you know, over a, a little period of time, two weeks or so. Uh, for others, it may be that, you know, they were raised in, in, a, in a family and in a culture, a situation where 
um, the, the Lord was just part of their lives from the very beginning in a deep way. Um, so I, I think everyone is, is a little different. Um, we often think mostly of the dramatic moments of uh, where, where we have turned to the Lord either in our need or uh, where we have felt a, a particular call. Um, but, but I think uh, what's important is the uh, awareness or the, uh, to be always ready. And that's where I think reading the scripture puts us in a frame of mind where we said this is not just a dead letter that was written centuries ago. Um, the Lord can speak to me through the scripture right now. And if I try to read the scripture of my own life, where um, every evening or, or maybe beginning of the day, we look back on the day and ask ourselves, you know, what was the Lord trying to do with me this day? Where was the Lord speaking to me in the events or people of my life? And if we have that kind of uh, awareness, openness, desire to hear the Lord's gentle voice through the events of our lives or speaking to us through the scriptures, then we'll, we'll be more ready to, to stay close to him and be strong in our following of him. Yeah, and then Father Jim is part of um, the call, how, however or whenever we might receive that, how we, we uh, respond. Because sometimes I think uh, we say, no, not yet. Are you talking to me, Lord, or what? But uh, the, our response mm -hmm. is so important, I would think. Yeah, and, and I think it's, you know, even if we say, no, not yet, there's that sense of, you know, uh, I want to be open to uh, to the future. I want to is to say, Lord, I think this is what I'm called to do. I think this is what I should be doing. But if it isn't, if you want me to be doing something else, hit me over the head. Yeah, I, I think sometimes we can be kind of dense, but it's a way that we say to the Lord, you know, I want to be open to what you want uh, and and to respond uh, as Matthew did with, with a certain, you know, uh, immediacy, not, not to put off, um, what the Lord is calling us to, but uh, to give us the, the power, the strength, the insight to follow him um, the way Matthew did. Yeah, and I want you, Father Jim, to talk a little bit more about um, the um, the importance of Scripture. And this is uh, an email from uh, Michelle, one of our regular listeners in the Diocese of Austin. And she's a cradle Catholic, she says, uh, followed my faith, uh, but didn't fully understand it until one Lent a few years ago. It began... I began a Bible study, she says, and after learning how through the Bible to uh, Christ's resurrection, it was like my eyes and heart were completely opened. I know I have a deep, strong love for the holy sacrifice of the Mass, the Eucharist, and feel like I am wide awake and just want to share with anyone willing to listen to the great mercy I feel from our Lord. Uh, said she was saved from a terrible depression. I feel stronger despite 13 years of infertility. I am hopeful and at peace with my Lord's embrace. And um, I know Michelle's story, and certainly she and her husband and struggling with the infertility. So even when we say yes to the Lord, it's not always easy. We all still have all of these uh, struggles that, uh, that can be difficult sometimes. Yeah, that's right. I know I love one of my favorite uh, lines from uh, St. Teresa of Calcutta, Mother Teresa, is she said, you know, people will say God will never give you more than you can handle. And then she went on to say, I just wish God didn't trust me so much. <laughs> trust that I could handle what comes my way. But with God's grace, we can. 
And uh, certainly Mother Teresa did not have it easy. She struggled with uh, great dryness in prayer and darkness. Um, but it's what made her the saint that she is. And that's our ultimate goal in life is, you know, that the through the things that we do, the events of our lives, God is um, creating this wonderful work of art that each of us is ultimately to be a saint with God forever in heaven, with the communion of saints, with all our loved ones, family, friends in the communion of saints. And that's, yeah. that's our goal. And so um, when we say yes to, to God's way, um, it, it's, it's important that we realize we can't do this ourselves, but um, the Lord will give us the grace. He promises he will. And, and again, you know, I, I think, um, you know, the, the experience uh, of the, the email you, you read to us, it, it shows us that um, um, we, need, we need to be open, especially to that privileged moment of the scriptures. I think a lot of Catholics might feel, well, I've read the, the Gospels or I hear them on Sunday and I know what's there. There's nothing new for me. Um, but Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says that the Word of God is living and effective. And so we believe that we don't read the gospel like we read a novel or a newspaper, but that when we prayerfully read the scriptures, the Lord is meeting us there. And he may have something new for us to um, understand or to appreciate as as we read the Gospels. Um, they're ever new. We're never going to exhaust what's there for us. Um, and so it's important to um, make the Scriptures part of our lives. And then Father Jim is a Jesuit priest, uh, St. Ignatius, uh, your founder. What did he teach uh, you? What does he teach us about praying the Scriptures? Well, I think the, the insight he had, uh, which he put into his spiritual exercises, was to put oneself into the scene of the Gospels. So, for example, we, we had the Gospel of Matthew today, chapter 9, the call of Matthew. You know, we could make ourselves, let's say, uh, Matthew, and to try to imagine what was that like to be Matthew sitting at your job, your customs post, and Jesus says, follow me. Um, and just to imagine the scene and become one of the characters or to maybe make ourselves one of the Pharisees. And, and we see Jesus calling this this public sinner and wondering, Jesus, what are you doing? Why are you calling him? You should call good people, not this guy. Um, and and to, to put ourselves in the place of the Pharisee or just to be a fly on the wall. And I think, the, you know, and observe a scene from the outside. I, I think the, the reason for doing this in St. Ignatius' mind, to use our imagination in that way when we pray, is to make the scene come alive for us. In many of these scenes, we've heard them before, we've read them before. Um, we can become kind of jaded. And uh, we, it's almost like we're reading about Jesus rather than actually meeting him and uh, experiencing him in that scene. So if the gospel is living, one way that it can come alive and we can move from our head to our heart is by using our imagination to enter into the scene more fully. Father Jim Kabicki, our spiritual director on this Feast of St. Matthew. Let's uh, take a phone call for you, Father Jim. Selena, listening in San Jose, California. Thank you for the call. Welcome to The Inner Life today. 
Selena, are you there? I am. Sorry. Hi. Oh, there we go. Oh, that's okay. Welcome. Good to have you with us. Yeah, I just I I was just recalling on my vocation as a as a wife. Um, it took about seven years uh, into this relationship that, like, prior to marriage, I I, I really struggled, I guess, in a way um, to be patient and to wait for God's timing. Um, uh, while I was in college, uh, I had to be away from my husband, who I am married to now. Um, prior to marriage, uh, he would go visit me, and I would constantly pray for our relationship, and it was it was God's grace that kept me going. <laughs> I believe to hmm. trust that He was going to be my partner, and it, it really is amazing to just trust God's timing that in the vocation and the calling to be in this in this relationship with Him, to be one, and to like pray to God to build our relationship as well. Um, hard. <laughs> yeah. And, and Selena, um, you know, I think as often I run into people who, who feel a call, let's say to marriage and, and yet the, the, in your case, you knew the one you wanted to marry, the man you wanted to marry. But in some cases, people don't, um, don't have that person on their radar screen. They're waiting. They feel called to marriage, but no one is there. They don't know how to find that person, and and they get really impatient. And um, um, I, you know, so I think your story of of seven years is is a reminder to be patient. That God's timing might be different than our own timing. Is is that kind of how you experienced it? Definitely, um, because prior to going away for college, um, me and uh, my husband, we we actually went on a mission trip, and I had this ordeal in my head. I was like, he's going to propose before I go away. I'm going to, like, just have him with me forever, you know? But I still went away, and nothing happened. I had this, like, like I guess, like, frustration in myself that, I, that like, oh, man okay i guess it's not the timing right <laughs> i was mm-hmm. still pretty young um but i i mm-hmm. i constantly just seek god's you know vocation and just be like you know i'm gonna trust the process i'm gonna be open and just trust that if he's meant for me he, if he's gonna feel willing to to ask marriage and I'm just going to be patient <laughs> and um, yeah we're yeah. two years married now and we have a baby and honestly God, God just yeah. bless continues to bless us mm-hmm. in so many ways yeah yeah and I mean I think your own prayer you know during that time of waiting you know praying for uh, God's will, but praying, you know, Lord, if it be your will, may this be the man, you know. I, I think a lot of times when, when people are waiting to find the person uh, that will them fulfill that call to their vocation of marriage, um, they, they they need to pray every day, you know, for that intention and to say, Lord, send the right person to me. I, I don't want to make a mistake here. Send the right person and be in 
faith. And so I think your own prayer during those those uh, years and months of of, of waiting um, was an important uh, thing as well, opening you up and opening your your husband up to God's grace. Yeah, Selena, thank yeah, thanks. Uh, for, uh, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I was going to say yeah. You you said the the right words, and I'm very grateful for for God's blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All yeah, right. Great story. Well, thank she, you for the yeah, call. And, yeah, you bet. Thanks for joining us. And Father Jim, she brings up a good point about uh, trust in God's timing. Sometimes we want it to be immediate, as we hear in the gospel about St. Matthew, when we uh, immediately uh, do that, or the Lord asks us and we immediately respond. But sometimes it's not immediate uh, in terms of of, of of hearing the Lord's voice and following it. And uh, But again, back to Selena's point, trust in God's timing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the hard part. You know, I, I think trust is, is not something that, well, once we, we have trust, then, you know, we never have to exercise it again. Um, it's a, it's a one day at a time uh, exercise where, um, you know, we get impatient and okay, the Lord is calling us to uh, once again, exercise trust, Lord, your timing. I want what you want. And, um, and so in that process, then that's how we grow in holiness and grow in the virtues. It's by um, exercising them and praying and and again, putting it all in God's hands. Yeah. Then, Father Jim, I wonder when we talk about the Feast of St. Matthew and the call to St. Matthew uh, immediately responding, I wonder if in this story, in this scripture passage, if there's some challenge for us to be the voice of Jesus, maybe, where we invite others to follow him. Boy, that's a great question, Chuck, because, you know, we are the body of Christ. Christ is the head, we are the body, we are the parts of his body. And so the way that he will call people today is through us. And that's why our relationships are so important. And it, it, as we said at the, at the beginning of the show, Chuck, we, we imagined that um, St. Matthew must have had an experience of Jesus, must have heard about him. He, he, it's as though the ice was broken. And uh, and then when the call did come, he was ready. And so in our own lives, um, you know, it, it may be a matter of our own gentleness, our own witness of our uh, lives, living a good life, being honest in our work. All of those things might be ways that the Lord is speaking through us to other people and preparing them for that call, maybe to, to leave an immoral lifestyle um, maybe it's to um, um, receive a call to uh, grow in holiness or the church. Um, I, I think what's important is we, we don't see Jesus hitting people over the head in this case. Uh, when he was dealing with, with sinners and tax collectors, he, he was very inviting, and he tried to attract them to a different lifestyle. Um, the ones that he would hit over the head were the Pharisees. Uh, the ones who were judging others in a harsh way, uh, saying, why is why is he eating and drinking with sinners and tax collectors? Doesn't he know these people are no good? Um, but when Jesus was calling Matthew and the sinners and tax collectors, he was doing so in a way that 
and basically opened them up and invited them to um, something better than what they were living right then and there. And, um, you know, I, th I think that's kind of, um, I, I've learned a little bit of this through what I've heard from other people who are involved in recovery programs like uh, Alcoholics Anonymous or other 12-step groups. They'll say that what they do is, is, is not so much promote what they're doing, but they, uh, it's a principle of attraction. Um, by living sobriety, by living a, a, a better life, a happier, more peaceful life, acting others who are um, sick and tired of being sick and tired. And, and I think that's kind of the dynamic that we see with Jesus. And it's what he's calling us to do as members of his body. Yeah. Then, Father Jim, in the couple of minutes we have left, I, I just wonder what some of the lessons uh, for us when we uh, think about the life and times of St. Matthew and his answer is immediate call to respond to Jesus. I mean, here's a man who, from what I understand, uh, was probably pretty greedy, wealthy, very disliked. But I wonder if uh, maybe one of the lessons is that no matter who we are, no matter how unworthy we might think we are, no matter what kind of lifestyle we might be living, uh, Jesus is still inviting us to follow him. That's right, because he wants us, as, as you put it before, uh, Chuck, he is the way that uh, leads to human fulfillment, to peace, to ultimate happiness. And so he, he wants that so much, uh, he will not give up on us. And and so he's always the one taking the initiative. He's the good shepherd that goes in search of the lost sheep. Um, and so no matter how unworthy we may feel or struggling with our own um, addictions or temptations or sin, uh, we should never give up because Jesus doesn't give up on us. Yeah, and then as part of the lessons is, is say yes. Uh, he's inviting all of us, say yes, but just say yes for today. Don't worry about everything else. Right. Just follow him today. That's right. You know, that was one of the things that St. Ignatius, founder of the Jesuits, experienced. He thought, how after his conversion, how am I ever going to live this this life that I feel God is calling me to? I I I just can't for you know, see myself doing this for ten, twenty, thirty years. And um, then he realized, wait, I can't guarantee that I'll even be alive tomorrow. So he learned that wisdom of I'll take it one day at a time and God's grace will be there for me um, one day at a time. And just say yes today, one day at a time. Great lesson for all of us on this uh, Feast of St. Matthew. Father Jim Kabicki, our spiritual director, and Father Jim, we are running out of time. As you know, we like to close this hour with a final blessing for all of our listeners. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of Jesus who shows us the way to follow that will lead us to your kingdom of heaven. We thank you for the gift of St. Matthew who responded to the call of Jesus. And we ask you to help each one of us in our lives to hear Jesus as he speaks to us through one another, through your church, as he calls us to follow him into the happiness that you have for us. And may the blessing of Almighty God, who is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, descend upon all of you, our listeners and the friends and family, now and forever and ever. Amen. Amen. 
Father Jim Kavicki, thanks so much. Always a pleasure to have you on the program. Thanks, everybody. Stay tuned. We're celebrating Mass here in less than two minutes. We're back tomorrow. Hope to see you then. Day 14, Mother Most Admirable, pray for us. And what was the most admirable act of Our Lady? Hard to say, really. There were so many. For example, giving an unconditional yes to God's plans at the Annunciation. Or visiting her cousin Elizabeth on her own initiative, walking 100 miles to get there and then doing chores around her house for three months as if she had nothing better to do. Or not uttering a word of complaint on the way to Bethlehem, nine months pregnant and sitting on a donkey as she reassured St. Joseph, don't worry, everything will be fine. Or pushing her way through the crowd to comfort her son as he carried his cross. Or standing at the foot of the cross and telling the whole world, he's my son and I love him. Admirable, most admirable, mater admirabilis. Mother most admirable, pray for our church and our nation.